I'm Matt Chapman, and welcome to the Future of HR podcast. In this podcast series, we look at forward-thinking trends on HR and how these trends are changing the HR world. This is Oscar Fuchs, and I'm with Stella Stravdas, Executive Advisor and Global HR Leadership Coach at Chapman Speechy. Hi again, Stella. Hello there, Oscar. Great to be back. Thanks. And we're going to talk about developing a global mindset and a global career today. So what does developing a global mindset mean to you? How much time do we have, Oscar, for this one? (laughs) Uh, You know, I would, uh, I'd say a global mindset truly is an ability to put yourself in other perspectives, other shoes, other markets. You know, many times we do think about a global mindset being a headquarters mindset, right? Or a global company is one set of global processes. But for me, a global mindset truly is the ability to hear, listen, seek to understand, interpret, and see some of what I'm going to call the differences, but also the similarities. And to really respect all of that as you begin to synthesize perhaps what would be a global approach towards something. Right. And, you know, from what you're talking about, it's, it's a very personal thing. You know, how, how do you weave that personal aspect um, into the professional aspect? Yeah, a couple of things I would say. You know, think about many times uh, we might believe or I might believe I'm global because I'm reading the New York Times, right, and I'm hearing and reading international news. Yet if I read the newspaper um, from countries of origin, that's a very different perspective. So something for me, I would say, how do I understand how other, I'd say, cultures, countries um, think or even the use of language? You know, something that from a personal point of view is, I would say, for someone, take, a, take another language. And for many of us who've grown up with two languages or take a language, it's really amazing that there are some words who have particular meanings. And I know that you, you know, Oscar, certainly have taken languages, and I'm sure that you feel that as well. You're able to put yourself inside of someone else's skin a bit, I would call it, from a global. And I guess the last thing I'd say is how to be an explorer. And just like taking another language, for me, when you open yourself up to other cultures, countries, perspectives, it is about having yourself be more vulnerable. And that curiosity means that I may make mistakes, But if my mistakes are ones that are still based on my trying to learn, I've been amazed from a personal point of view how stepping into that um, with transparency, there is a sharing and a learning of cultures between people and between teams. Yeah, that's, I mean, I couldn't agree more. And I think when you talk about learning different language, you know, a lot of, um, you know, HR people or or non-HR people in your organization who are overseas, um, you know, they are speaking English as a second language. Um, which a lot of global leaders really don't um, take too much time to think about um, because, you know, especially when you have a culture which is quite, um, I guess, perfectionist. I'm thinking of Japan here where, you know, Mm -hmm. you you just don't want to make a mistake um, in English and that that can be very inhibiting. Um, So it's interesting when you see truly global HR or or business leaders who, who take the time to, to allow um, people from different cultures to make mistakes, to, you know, sound, with, you know, a little less finesse than, than you would expect from somebody at global headquarters. It can make a big difference. How do we, you know, as leaders of teams, make sure that we're having what I call um, a pause, right? That many times, particularly when we're in global opportunities, that could be video conferences, 
um, could be calls, that it's hard for everyone to speak up. And so even thinking about how do I as a leader ensure that everyone has a voice on this call, right? And I don't wait for the person who doesn't say anything to at the very end say, hey, Oscar, are you going to say something? You know, or, mm-hmm. or hey, Oscar, anything from you? Mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure I hear from everybody on this call and doing that up front. And then almost calling on folks to hear from them. Because I do think it's very challenging, particularly as we lead global teams, that how do we make sure we have everyone's voice, everyone's perspective, and also engagement, right? Um, And I do think that's about listening, inviting someone. And, And most times in conversation, what we forget is it's all about building relationship. Conversation doesn't happen without relationships being built. So I do think if we pause and think about that part, that also shifts our conversation. It's not just about achieving an outcome. It is about unbuilding relationship here. Right. I mean, it's it's almost a back-to-basics approach. You know, I think a lot of what HR has become has been so much to do with processes and, uh, and you know, how, how to work within a global matrix. But then you almost forget that this relationship aspect is so important. And I think at the global headquarter level, it, it tends to be a bit more... Um, easy to be done by osmosis. You, you just naturally run into people and you develop relationships. You, you go out, you even meet people's families. But it's much harder to achieve that when you're working with remote talent across the world. Um, so just going going back to that level of, oh, hang on a minute, you know, I shouldn't be over-relying on just the process. I should be trying to create a relationship is, is so important. Yes, it really is. And, and I think that is something that we sometimes forget particularly as we begin to automate so much. We've got so many data um, intelligence in terms of looking at analytics, but there's still a human story around understanding that and how it lands. I remember um, I tell a story where a manager of mine, we were designing performance um, systems, performance development systems, and everyone wanted it to have everything in it. And at one point he said, you know, it doesn't have this component. You know, I, I can't push a button to get you know, feedback as a customer. And I said, no, no, we do have that. Um, it's actually a telephone. You can actually call somebody <laughs> and talk about feedback. And we both sort of started laughing. And so I do think, you know, because I, I said it in a tone that was sort of in jest, but at the same time I thought, wow, are we going to try to program everything for efficiency, which means I'm so separate from hearing the tone of someone's voice, clarifying did we really understand each other? Because if we think about the power of connecting, and really when you think about being a global leader in global HR, it is about building connections, truly to garner mm-hmm. insights that help me deliver to the business the kind of talent, culture, business models that will achieve the innovation and the needs of our customers in a way that I'm unlocking that global value that we have. And, and I think sometimes we forget that. We're not just pieces of a puzzle moving on a railroad, so to speak, or maybe that's not the best analogy, but, but I think it really is about connecting the diversity and the connection of our teams to, to be differentiated. Here's, here's a question that I've been puzzling because I had this conversation recently in a, in a meeting of global HR leaders in, in California, actually, and we're talking about how how we can involve people from around the world when creating programs from the start. So um, it was about how to make sure that we don't just cascade something down from global and then at the very last minute hear all the, um, the people around the world saying, well, hang on, this, this won't work in my market, etc. Um, so there is, we've seen, a trend towards 
creating you know systems which allow for input at the very beginning. But at the same time, there's there's a a trend now towards such a speed of decision making. You know, if if you wait until you get everyone's advice from around the world and then you you start with the with a new process, then you know you've got an eight month lag. Whereas there is something to be said about just creating something that's maybe eighty percent perfect. And then trying to iron out the problems later on down the track, rather than you know take take it too slowly. Where where do you sort of fit in that in that um, spectrum between global perfection and speed? Yeah, that that's a great question. I do think that is something that I've continued to see organizations and and HR and business leaders struggle with. And I do think that there, you know, if you, if you speed to do something and it's not relevant or accepted, you do get rejection. So there's a balance. I also think if you take too long and you want everybody to give input, then you have something that's not really usable because it's got so many differences, right? You can't even automate that. So I do think as HR, we could actually truly be role models in, I would say, globalizing many approaches and processes that have to do with people. I'm in headquarters or if I'm in Japan or if I'm in China, I think there is value in putting together, I'm going to call them global teams, but they're not teams where China shows up to say what China needs or Japan says what Japan needs. It's almost changing the conversation to say we're all designers and we're going to design something that is going to work regardless of where we launch it in the world. And that, I think, creates a different mindset and approach to the project, whereas most of the approaches I've seen have been, oh, this won't work in Japan, and that's what slows things down. And I'm not picking on Japan. It could be Chile. It could be Colombia. It could be the U.S. But folks begin to customize, and that is the way that we think about globalizing is I'm representing my country or my function. For me, globalizing is I'm actually lifting myself up to make sure that what is it that maybe my organization or country is not ready for it, so perhaps I have a different launch plan, but you know what? I can think about the design, and I can absolutely give that globally. So I would say co-creating globally with a mindset and launching those teams, Oscar, with a, with a different perhaps um, mission, and then launches are a little different, right? Because launches you may have to actually customize a little more. I think that that ability to to think globally as a global team would allow for you know a lot more speed and not get too bogged down in you know here's my exception here's here's you know the other exception. I guess when when you talk about global mindset, my my final question um, to you would be, well, how do we then translate this global mindset into a, a global career? Yeah, and so you know for me that global career is absolutely something to think about. Um, I would say either through uh, global moves. You know, certainly living in a country and experiencing another market um, is an amazing developmental opportunity. And so that clearly, I would say, is one that I'd recommend to folks. But also, one, when you approach it, to go in with that curiosity and to go in with the attitude to learn, um, particularly if you're coming from a developed to an emerging market or from headquarters to another market, or if you're coming from the field or a country into headquarters, and I would say, wait a minute, building a global career means that I'm a global participant regardless of where I'm showing up, whether it be a function at headquarters or a field or a country job or a regional job. 
but what I'm going to show up with is really thinking about what is it that it would take for this global company I'm in and how do I make sure that I'm thinking because there's nothing better than doing a real job. And that's the other thing I think on global roles. Some of the assignments, um, make sure it's a meaty assignment. And I'd say for global, the last thing I'll say is, you know, um, be curious in everything you do regardless of where you are. So when you visit a country, um, go a day early, stay a day longer, and get to know the talent beyond even the HR group. Go out with customers and ask to be taken on a sales call. Or if you're coming to headquarters and there's an R&D group, go into the R&D group and hear what their thoughts and challenges and opportunities are as they're developing global products, right, in the healthcare arena perhaps or in the IT arena um, or automotive. So I do think sometimes get out of HR and look for proxies and other things that are also looking at global from a customer point of view and a market point of view and jump in and, and don't shy away from that. Because that's also, for me, a learning and helps broaden our perspectives. Well, that's great. Thank you so much, Stella. And I look forward to speaking with you again. Great. Thanks, Oscar. For more Future of HR podcasts, visit www.chapmancg.com or subscribe on iTunes.